TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right. My last hour here this early morning, but I'll be right back at 7 p.m. We've got a five-hour KM to AM on The Fan later on tonight. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, talking through the sports and life and relationships and whatever i've never actually been asked for relationship advice or engagement advice before but i'll share it i mean i uh have experience in it more so than playing in the nfl or nba or major league baseball so i don't mind doing that but i do want to keep talking about major league baseball and the yankees something that came across my radar today that i put in my notes young oswald peraza Young Oswald Peraza struggled over the weekend in that game where the Yankees were no hit for most of it against the Philadelphia Phillies. He had a couple errors. And if you follow Yankees Twitter, which is uh, it's good and bad, I give a nod to Yankees Twitter because a lot of people have been able to use Yankees Twitter to make careers around talking about the Yankees whether that's me or Joe's McFly or John Boy or uh, Hubs from Barstool or some of the Bronx Pinstripes guys or, you know, some of these young guys that I'm seeing emerge right now. Yankees Twitter, if you put out dope content, they'll find you. There's a ton of Yankee fans online. Some know more than others. Something I say about the Yankee fan base is the greatest rivalry in sports is Yankee fans versus other Yankee fans will never agree on anything. And so a lot of times you find the smart Yankee fan on there, but then you also find in the same thread reply the dumbest of Yankee fans on there. So what I'm saying is it's a lot of fans, it's a wide range of opinions and thoughts and takes, and there's some people that know, some people that don't. You know, I remember being on Yankees Twitter when I wasn't able to get to the stadium as much. And I considered myself more of an online digital fan who watched the game on TV. And then when I was able to start going to more games, 15, 20, 40 games a year, I'm like, oh, this is a way different experience being in the stadium, being with the fans, understanding what goes on up here versus people that are twittering away from what they see on the Yes Network. It's just 
Some things you can't know, you can't see. But anyway, what I wanted to bring up with Peraza was that Peraza was scratched from Tuesday's trip to Port Charlotte after he experienced tightness in his right shoulder. No tests are currently planned. Aaron Boone hopes to have Peraza back in the lineup by the end of the week. My guy Brian Hoke put that out. Shout out to Hoke. I actually met Hoke for the first time in the bathroom at the London series. That's always awkward when you meet someone you admire and you want to take a picture with in the bathroom. What do you do? You might leave the bathroom before or after them and then go your separate ways. You don't want to chase a guy down. I ended up saying, hey, man, uh, big fan. Would love to take a picture with you right out here. And we did. And now Hoke and I are like, cool, I've had him on. Maybe I'll have him on tomorrow if he's down. Or later tonight if he's down. But yeah, the Oswald Peraza thing to me with him getting scratched, obviously he had a rough go at it. He had two errors, maybe even more. I got to go check the box score. I know he at least had two errors in his first spring game playing shortstop. And this is a guy that the Yankees had playing shortstop in the American League Championship Series just two years ago. This is a guy that we know for a fact they prospect, hugged. We know for a fact they've passed up on guys because I guarantee you they asked for Oswald Peraza and Cashman said no, probably not knowing who would be the Yankee shortstop of the future between him and Volpe. There was a school of thought that he could have been Volpe last year if he went into spring training and won the job, being out IKF and Volpe. Volpe ascended and now Volpe is your shortstop of the future. But what do we do here with Peraza? I think that he's first in line if there's an injury in the infield, if a Glaber Torres goes down, or really if a DJ LeMayu goes down, because Glaber can only play second base. If Glaber goes down, you move DJ to second base and you put Peraza at third. But Peraza's got to bring his bat. And we've been saying that for two years now. We got to see the kid hit the way that he hit in AAA. 877 337 or did Cashman hug another prospect too long where they don't have any value? Like They don't have the same value that they once had on the trade market. I don't know. Let's go to Albert in Rosedale. What's up, Albert? You got it. Yes, good morning. Um, I'm using a little sarcasm and a little reality. I have a comment and a question, so please listen me out. Uh, we are all, all um, us as sport enthusiasts, uh, enthusiasts, we tend to be experts, and especially baseball. And so um, we know who should bat where, who the managers should um, sign, and we know all the great players for all the different positions. But if my memory serves me right, when it comes to batting lineup, Scott Brochus in the past, but number nine, and at times he hit over 300. Now, the question is, when was the last time the best baseball team won the World Series? The team with the best record, you're saying? No, no, not the best record. The best team. The best the team, team with the and best... paper. The, the team that with the best players. You could say the Astros two years ago, um, but I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm following you, but I wasn't sure if you were saying the team that finished with the best record, like the Dodgers had 111 wins last year. They did not win the World Series. 
two wild card teams made it to the Fall Classic last year. I think the Astros everybody had tabbed two years ago as as just a great team if Jeremy Pena could fill in for Carlos Correa, and he did. But, no, you're 100% right in baseball that, like, the projections, the teams that are, you know, picked to win it, they don't always win it. Like, I don't think the Dodgers are going to win it this year. Right. Because, for example, like, the best um, basketball team, the, the, the team with the best players, like Lemon and James and Michael Jordan, Pippin, that kind of players, are going to win. But it does not necessarily mean that the, the players, that are the best players at the baseball team are going to win. And we put so much into who should bat where, uh, who should be selected, and so forth. And then so many people uh, go down, you know, sick for whatever reason, or injured for whatever reason. I just don't perform at the level that we expect of them. But we put so much emotion into who should be selected, who should be, um, who should play where. And, you know, sometimes it concerns me. And sometimes when I listen to the comments, you know, I really have a good laugh. And you should have a good laugh. Thanks for the call, Al. You should listen to the fan and laugh every hour. It's entertainment. It should be funny. I know I laugh. I know I listen all day. I hear my name on different shows and I laugh. I hear calls and people just say ridiculous things and I laugh. I hear calls and similar to Albert talking about everybody's an expert. I get on this mic and tell you all the time I'm a host, but I don't know any more than you. I might know a little bit more than some of you, but I don't act like a know-it-all. I don't act like I can't be corrected or can't learn from somebody. I think that's the great thing about sports, too, especially when you have conversations in bars, in restaurants, in stadiums. Like, we're exchanging knowledge. Someone can tell you something that you don't know, and you can tell them something that they don't know. And we learn. And then you carry that with you. Something that none of us know is who's going to win every season, and that's why we watch. I know some of us love to say, this guy sucks, this guy's terrible, this guy can't do this, this guy can't do that. Like, uh, you know, even that, like, I'm saying it right now about the Yankees. They need another frontline starter. Maybe they don't. On another hand, I said, maybe Clark Schmidt emerges. Maybe Nestor's an all-star again. Maybe Carlos Rodon looks like the guy that they paid. What's Rodon's deal? Six years? 168? I saw somebody put on Twitter that Blake Snell was offered six years, $168 million by the Yankees. I think we had heard it was in the range of 160, 150. And it's just crazy to think if that if that offer was out there over a month ago for Blake Snell, and here we are now in the second week of spring training. Like spring training started two weeks ago. It is February twenty eighth. Pitchers and catchers reported fourteen days ago. Blake Snell just won the, the Cy Young, his second Cy Young, and he's not on a team. And the New York Yankees were one of the first to come with an offer, and he rejected it, thinking that he'd get another offer sooner rather than later. I guess it's closer to later than sooner. And he's not signed. 877-337-6666. But whatever, somebody's going to sign him. It's just a matter of time. Somebody is going to bring the reigning NL Cy Young winner into camp. I just don't think it's going to be the Yankees. I haven't thought it was going to be the Yankees this entire time. And I just said before the break, when they pivoted to pay Marcus Stroman his 18 million, 18 and a half, whatever it is, that kind of made you think like, okay, that's their addition to the rotation. And that takes them out of the running for Blake Snell, unless they want to pay 
double unless they want to pay that luxury tax. The Devils win. And man, they ran away with that game. The last I had spoke on the Devils, I said, what a second period they had scoring three goals. They come out in the third period and they score four goals. They put the Sharks all the way away. And man, let that be the win that the Devils need to get right. Prove me wrong. I said, I don't think you're making the playoffs. I would love to see the Devils make the playoffs this year because last year I was on paternity leave and I was in infant newborn baby land with my son kicking and screaming and crying and pissing and pooping every 90 minutes. And uh, I didn't get to fully enjoy that. I didn't get to go to any of those games. I didn't get to host any shows on WFAN. Please fire this team up, get right. And I don't know. Let's see. Where are the Devils at in the standings now? When I click on standings on NHL.com and I go to wild card and I scroll down and I look at the Devils, they're in the third spot, 64 points. We'll see how it shakes out, man. They they had a brutal loss, 6-2 to the Capitals uh, last week, earlier in the week. They're a little bit ahead now of the Penguins, the Islanders. Let's see how it shakes out. There's so much season left. But not really, right? Time is burning up. Uh, good to see the Devils get a win. Woo! Woo! Any Devils fans listening that stayed up for the West Coast game, call me up if you want to tell me about the game. I was not able to get it on the TV in here. In here, I'm watching the encore of the Knicks game. But by the time I got the game on my MacBook, it was already they had already scored three goals in the second period. And then they put them away completely in the third. What else? Brunson. I haven't spoke on Brunson and this neck injury, but I, I, I hope it's just a precaution. I hope it's just something that they're like, ah, second half of a back-to-back, we need to write down something. It's a neck ailment. Hopefully it's not something that's like uh, actually ailing him. And did, did I see correctly... After the Detroit Pistons came to New York last night, two nights ago, and uh, some folks said they got the short end of the stick, they got job with the no call late in the game where they could have potentially won the game, they go to Chicago tonight and they win by 10. Congrats on the Pistons getting their ninth win on the season and not getting their 50th loss on the season. They turned that frustration into motivation And they go out there tonight and get a win. Cade Cunningham leads the way again. All five of their starters in double digits. And as I'm looking around the NBA, here we are at 118. All the games are final. The Oklahoma City Thunder continue to roll on. Shea Gilders-Alexander, I just saw a stat that he's putting up Michael Jordan-like numbers. From Michael Jordan's MVP season. Let's see if I can find that. Let's see if I can find that graphic. I'm like... We need to figure out who the MVP is going to be, right? Jalen Brunson's in the conversation, but I don't think he's going to win MVP. We obviously know that Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP, who in my opinion shouldn't have won MVP last year, he's not winning it. He's not going to qualify. He's been hurt too much. He hasn't played enough games. But yeah, I just saw a graphic about SGA being compared to Jordan. I can't find it. I don't know if I was looking on Instagram or if I... Came across that on Twitter. I think it was on Instagram, and now there's no shot that I bring that back up. But yeah, anyway, through the NBA scores as we go here, 877-337-6666. C-Mac is in the bullpen warming up, ready to enter the game in about 20 minutes. The Thunder defeat the Rockets 
95. The Miami Heat, Jimmy Buckets and those guys knock off the Trailblazers who are no good, 106-96. A-Rod's Club, the Minnesota Timberwolves, top seed, 41-17. and They get another win against the lowly Spurs, but I guess people enjoy watching Victor Wembanyama. He had 17 points, 13 rebounds, but Ant-Man had 34, and I saw Ant-Man did leave the game with an ankle injury. But if he had 34 points, let me check the box score and see what his minutes were. I mean, Ant-Man could have that 34 points in 30 minutes, not play the whole game. He had it in 33 minutes, 34 points. And let me see if Twitter has any updates. Anthony Edwards, ankle. He's one of the most fun players to watch. As I talk about how terrible the Nets are and how as a Net fan, you always got to lean on players that you enjoy watching. Like currently, it's not Kobe, rest in peace. Like if I had to say like, yeah, I'm a Nets fan, but I also root for Anthony Edwards. I think Ant-Man is great. So Anthony Edwards had to be helped back to the locker room after suffering an apparent non-contact ankle injury. But obviously it was nothing serious because that was in... Uh, the second period, there were still two minutes left in the half. So, obviously, he came back into the game and um, finished the game. You can't play 33 minutes in just the first half. Anyway, let's roll through the rest of these scores before I throw some more things out there. And we end my KM to 2 a.m. And then I'm right back for a five-hour KM to a.m. And it's going to probably be similar things to talk about unless some crazy news breaks or something happens. I seem to always be on when the Mets news breaks. I was on when the Mets signed Luis Severino. I was on when the Mets signed Harrison Bader. I was on when the Kodai Senga news broke. I happened to be on that morning with BT. Back to the NBA and the scores in the NBA. So I just told you that Ant-Man and the Minnesota Timberwolves knocked off Wen Banyama and the Spurs 114-105. The Pistons, I told you, got to win 105-95 over the Bulls. The Milwaukee Bucks, 123-85. The Hornets are terrible. There's a lot of mismatches in these games tonight. The Hawks, 124-97. They beat the Jazz. And you might have saw Trey Young got operated on. Trey Young had his surgery. Um, his left hand, he's going to miss four weeks. And I think he's got to get up out of there. Speaking of Wembanyama, I think they want to potentially pair those two guys up. He was kind of leaning into that during All-Star. The Boston Celtics continue to roll on with the league best, not league best, they don't have the most wins any, anymore, the Eastern Conference best, 46-12 and 12 record. They beat the 76ers 117-99. I'm actually going to the Nets game hosting the Sixers next Tuesday. I won't be on after that. It's my cousin Miles' birthday, and I'm pretty sure it's his first NBA game. So, yeah, I'll go over there, be a loser with my loser Nets, and uh, root for them to win. I really don't even care. I just, you know. Trying to do something nice for my 10-year-old cousin's birthday. The Knicks lose tonight, but like I've said all night, they still compete. And I saw a quote from Josh Hart talking about exactly that. Not caring about who's out there, but having pride in themselves and going out there to try and win the game, to try and be competitive, even if they're down bodies. And I'm trying to find his exact quote. But basically, he said, we're not going to complain about injuries. We're going to go out there and put our best foot forward with the guys that we have. And that's all you can hope for. That's all you can ask for is a guy and multiple guys that go out there and compete. Unlike the Brooklyn Nets, the second half of a back-to-back on the road, they got nothing. And they're realizing, oh, maybe it wasn't Jacques Vaughn. Kevin Ali's definitely not the answer. Maybe we just don't have the team. 
oh, yeah, the highest paid player on this team is Ben Simmons. That doesn't make any sense. What a barn burner out at Rockage Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. Max Struess hits the game winner. I got to check those highlights on League Pass past tonight. I actually need to go home and go to sleep. But if I can't sleep, I'll be watching League Pass. When I was driving in, I was hearing Capper and Carino talk about the Cavaliers-Mavericks game. I saw they had a great reception for Kyrie Irving coming back to the place he won a championship. Of course, they got all love out there in Ohio. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are terrible. They lose 108-81 to the Magic in Orlando, second half of a back-to-back. And Mikael Bridges, who they insist on building around, Mikael Bridges, who is an Iron Man and may need a rest, but there's no way he's going to take a game off with this streak on the line. He had four points tonight. They doubled him. They trapped him. They they just knew, all right, if we neutralize him and Cam Thomas is hurt, Who's going to be the leading scorer for the Brooklyn Nets? Dennis Schroeder had 15 in his, like, sixth, seventh game with the Brooklyn Nets. The, the Nets are terrible. They're just a sorry franchise. They just go through these ebbs and flows, these down periods where it's like, is this the worst time ever to be a Nets fan? I don't know how many times we got to go through that. Even when they were winning, even when they had the good times recently, you had nonsense from the star players. You had nonsense with the coach and with the team, and you can never have nice things as a Nets fan. Let's go back to the scores and finish this before I move on. The Warriors get another win. They get to 30. The The Warriors beat the Wizards. The Wizards have nine wins. And you get to see Jordan Poole versus his old team. Man, what the hell happened to Jordan Poole? He's coming off the bench now. Let's see. How do he do? 12 points. You got the Ice Spice curse. All right, there's my scores in the NBA. I did want to hit on some more NFL stuff. Nobody actually called to indulge me in the NFL conversations as I talked about plenty of things from Russell Wilson to Justin Fields to Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson and the Vikings, potentially making him the highest paid player that's a non-quarterback in the NFL. Are they going to re-sign Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I think somebody's going to... Put a bigger bid out there for Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of rumors about, I mentioned Sam Darnold going there. There's a report that the Vikings are going to meet with LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Where are they picking? Let's take a look at Tankathon. I know they're in the top like 15. The Vikings are 11. And Tankathon has them taking J.J. McCarthy. I do believe J.J. McCarthy is going to throw at the Combine. So while the top three quarterbacks are all electing to not throw at the NFL Combine, J.J. McCarthy is. And I think he should. I think he should use it as a proving ground. This article says J.J. McCarthy will be the center of the 2024 NFL Draft debate storm. No, I want to see coverage of this kid at the draft. He should throw, and I think he is, at the Combine. Because that's a lot of the question marks around him. Is he going to translate to being a pro-style quarterback, an NFL quarterback, especially since they didn't lean on him to throw the ball as the main part of their offense? They ran the ball in Michigan. I think the kid can throw. I've seen him throw. But is he an NFL caliber quarterback? It's a deep quarterback draft. As I go to Tankathon and I look, let's see. They have him as a fourth quarterback off the board, and then Bo Nix right behind him. 
But there's a bunch of quarterbacks after them. Sam Hartman's in this draft. Spencer Rattler's in this draft. I'm probably forgetting some other names of quarterbacks in this draft. There's going to be some steals. There's going to be some guys picked up. There's going to be some guys drafted in the second, third, fourth rounds that will have an opportunity. I mean, like just this year, we're watching Aiden O'Connell from Purdue lead the Raiders to wins. In this modern-day NFL, especially with these quarterbacks, more than ever, these quarterbacks enter the league ready to play because they all have quarterback coaches, quarterback whisperers. They all have film. You know, when I was in college, we used to literally watch film on CDs. They used to hand you a CD to prep for the team we're playing against. Now it's just a, a cloud, a download you can watch on your phone. These these quarterbacks are more NFL-ready than ever. Let's see if anything else changed. On, Tankathon's been pretty much locked. They have the New York Giants taking Malik Neighbors. I don't think that makes any sense. Neighbors isn't going to test at the combine. I think he's going to interview. I'm pretty sure I was reading an article that Malik Neighbors is going to save that first pro day. Which I understand now. These guys can control their pro day. Yeah, Malik Neighbors won't work out at the 2024 NFL Combine. Won't run, won't do drills. Man, the Combine, I don't know. I saw I saw images and videos today of the best player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, doing everything at the Combine, trying to prove himself. It's a proving ground. You can't go in there scared. If you go in there and you ball out, which I know it's not actual real football, but if you go in there and impress and you score well, it could do a lot for you. It could definitely do a lot for some of these fringe guys, for some of these guys that uh, want to improve their draft status. you got to go to the combine and feel like, yo, I'm going to turn some heads. I'm going to go to the combine, and that's going to be how I rise up the draft charts. Combine's still a little bit of, of, of ways away as far as being able to watch. It's Wednesday. Um Tomorrow, February 29th, you'll get to see the de- defensive lineman linebackers workout, which those drills are just a lot of like footwork drills, um, hitting the bag, nothing too crazy. The defensive backs, tight ends should be good. Obviously, those guys are going to be running routes, defending routes. Those You'll get some burners. Some of those defensive backs are the fastest guys out there, so you'll get some four, 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 three guys. Then you'll see the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. And as I look at that, The guy that they have in the image is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud knew he would be the top pick or or second pick, and he still went to the combine to throw. So the top three quarterbacks this year, Caleb Williams literally said it would be a waste of his time. This kid, I think, is arrogant. I thought today when I was putting together my notes, I'm like, didn't Caleb Williams say he wanted a piece of whatever franchise drafts him like he wanted a percentage of ownership? I think that's absolutely nuts. I think that's crazy that this kid would even float anything out there like that. But then I also saw a report that Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, doesn't want a guy that's in the gray. But Ryan Poles has a huge offseason ahead of him. Everybody is talking about trading up with them. I mean, just right below him, the commanders probably want to swap with him to get the hometown kid from D.C., so, yeah, I'm going to read these Ryan Poles articles. I'm going to come back with more of that. It's wide open for calls. we got to take another break, and I think this will probably be my last break of the night as we hit a little bit after 1.30 here. So I'll come back with some more Bears, Ryan Poles, uh, options for them in the draft. Bears want to do right by Justin Fields, whatever. 
uh, Bears Ryan Poles would need an offer that would help the organization. And then there was another article that I had saved that they don't want to be in the gray area with the quarterback. I think Caleb Williams has made it pretty apparent that he doesn't want to go to Chicago. So you shouldn't just draft a guy because people are saying to draft him. Anywho, 877-337-6666. If you'd like to get a word in on my show before C-Mac comes up, this is Keith McPherson on The Fan. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. This was a song I used to play as a DJ when the night was over. Like, this was like a signal, like, party's done, bro. You guys got to get out of here. You don't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Peace, yo. Wrap it up. Close your tabs. Get her number and leave. We're done. But we're not done yet. We're not done here yet. So I said I was going to read that Ryan Poles article. Basically, what it says is that, you know, GM Ryan Poles... Uh, told folks that by the scouting combine, he would have a plan as far as what they're going to do with the first overall pick and Justin Fields and quarterback for the Chicago Bears. But as of today, there's no master plan to share with anyone. So Ryan Poles basically said, I know it's a hot topic, the first pick, the quarterback situation. Contrary to reports out there, I have no master plan to present to anyone today. This is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, learn about the different players in the draft, listen to what opportunities could come up, and then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision that we can for the Chicago Bears. It will not be based on fear of what could happen with us, what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision. And um, I want to get to the gray area part. Okay, Paul says he can understand how uncomfortable... The current situation is 
for Justin Fields because no one wants to live in the gray. Polls said it depends on what opportunities pop up, but when asked about the timeline for trading fields, if that becomes the path the team follows this offseason, um, no resolution is likely right around the corner. So I thought when I read that quote that he was talking about nobody wants to be in the gray, nobody wants to live in the gray as far as Caleb Williams being on the fence about being a Chicago Bear. No, no, no. He was talking about leaving his own quarterback that they drafted. I'm not sure if he drafted Justin Fields, um, but they don't want to leave Justin Fields in the gray area. And last week we saw the clip of Justin Fields talking about how he was going on vacation and he was unfollowing the NFL and the Bears, and he just was trying to get all that out of his feed and his timeline because he wanted to kind of get away from everything and he was tired of hearing about, oh, you know, Caleb Williams or him or being tagged in different things. I'm like, you can run from it, but you can't hide from it, bro. This is going on right now. You can take a vacation during the scouting combine, whatever. They still don't know what they're going to do, and we got a ways away till we get to the draft. My guy Dwight in Asbury Park on the fan. What's up, Dwight? Yo, yo, yo. Hey, listen. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking. I'm waiting for the um the DBs to get their stuff off. Yes, I'm looking for that that guy. I was telling you about Cooper Jeans. I want to see what he's doing in forty. Yeah, he's gonna test because he's that type. Like Cooper DeGene is the type that can go to the combine and test and really turn heads. Oh, there's a dude um at the HBCU combine. I wish you at the NFL combine. Uh, outside linebacker Patrick Godbo. He went a four four five and a forty. What school? He should be at the NFL combine. What's what's his, what's the last name? Godbolt. Godbolt. Okay, I see Patrick Godbolt. No, that didn't come up. What what school? HBCU? What HBCU? <laughs> South Carolina State. Okay. South Carolina State. They usually have some people coming out of South Carolina State. Yeah. Um, they, they had a dude from um, last year, uh, Kobe Durant, a DB. He picked off a guy from a uh, quarterback from the um, the Broncos last year and went 85 yards the other way with a pick six. Mm-hmm. So I'm I want to see what uh, they're going to do this year. Patrick Godbolt. Carolina State, 6'1", 233, defensive end. They're expecting him to run a low 40, uh, low 4'5", I ran a 4'5", at Penn State. Laser, that's my time. I think I just told BT that on the midday show. Yeah, I heard you on that. I heard you on that day. How'd you think I did? All right? You think I passed? Oh, yeah. You held your own. You held your own. Hey, listen. NCAA track coming up soon. Oh yeah, a new world record was set in the four hundred. Um, the guy of uh, Christopher Williams from Georgia, forty four forty nine. Oh yeah, well we got the Olympics coming up, so we're about to see all that. Yeah, I'll, I'm definitely gonna be checking that out. The uh, the indoor track and field stuff, I think, is yeah going it's gonna on be right in now. Bar- yeah, the indoor championship is gonna be in Boston. Hmm. I like all that. I mean, I, I used to it. run. I, I could watch track. I could watch girls track, men's track. I could watch that all day. Oh, I'll be next next month. It'll be on, man. 
Yes, sir. Look yeah, for, well, call hey, me up. Call me up Texas and remind Tech. me so I don't so I don't forget. Texas Tech and uh, Track, they're Tech. good. Yeah. Yeah, I saw they got into I'll it a little bit. I'll deal with you later, uh, man. Thanks for the call, Dwight. I saw Texas Tech got into it with Texas tonight in the NCAA. If you guys are on Twitter, if you guys are on just your phones, there was a little bit of a discrepancy at the end of the game. You know, guys watch the uh, Knicks go out there and tackle players at the end of the game and no call. The guy from Texas literally just threw his shoulder into the other guy. So Texas gets a flagrant two. And the Texas Tech fans being down 25, they're upset about how that goes. And they start to throw things on the floor. And then the coach of the team gets on the mic on the loudspeaker to tell them to stop. Lubbock, Texas, home of Patrick Mahomes. Wild scene going on out there. Uh, What was I talking about? I was talking about Ryan Poles. I was talking about... NCAA track. Yeah. I ran the one. I ran the two. I ran the four. And the four by four relay. You can run four. You can do four events in track. Sometimes I would not do. I would not double up. um, Because running two 400s is is tough. Running 400. 400. 200. That's like almost a thousand meters. That's a lot in a day. But uh, if I did not do the 400 or the 400 relay. I would pick one or the other. Relay, I would almost always do. Um, But sometimes I would get out of the 400 and do long jump. Um, Sometimes I would get out of the 400 individual race and just not run a race. 100, I was always in. 200, I was always in. I was better at the 200. I'm a long strider. The 100 would be over before I could even really get to, like, my top speed and hold. But the 200, man, once I got around that curve... And then I hit the straightaway 100. Those were the days, man. Used to be, uh, used to be athletic. Used to be an athlete. Saquon. Something else from my notes with Saquon. I think I've been on the record here saying that I think Saquon's going to leave. That he's going to go to the Texans or the Chargers, somewhere he can win, somewhere that's going to pay him. But after Shane spoke, I think people are leaning towards the Giants wanting to keep him. And I don't exactly know what they're thinking besides they just love Saquon. He's a captain of the team, face of the franchise, once a giant, always a giant and doesn't want to leave. So I saw Pro Football Chase wrote, the Giants will meet with running back Saquon Barkley's agent at the Combine. Joe Shane said he's a guy we'd like to have back. We'll see if we can get something done with him. The Giants are unlikely to use the $12.109 million franchise tag on Barkley before March 5th's deadline. So they'll look to finalize a deal before the start of free agency on March 13th. If no deal is completed by then, Barkley would hit the open market as an unrestricted free agent. Barkley, 27, rush for blah, 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 blah. I don't know who's going to pay Barkley more than the Giants. You always hear Tiki Barber say, no one loves you like your mama. And I think the Giants love him more than the, the Texans or the Chargers. And the Chargers have their own cap situation and uh, issues with different guys that they have to pay. So I don't know how much they're going to have to throw to um, Saquon Barkley. So maybe he's back. But the quarterback situation is an interesting one because I just don't believe Daniel Jones is going to be ready to go. And even if he is ready to go, I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I think he, I think that he he is a good quarterback. But if you're trying to win next year and Daniel Jones is now a damaged Jones, 
that's the name I've been calling him. Someone thought I said Damage Jones one night. I'm like, Daniel Jones, Damage Jones. I guess it's how. If, if Daniel Jones is Damage Jones and he isn't able to run and he isn't playing the same and he's scared to take hits and that offensive line is a question mark, then I don't know what we're, we're thinking the Giants are going to be. I don't know if they're going to be ready to compete just in the East, in the NFC East with the Cowboys and with the Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles and speaking of the Cowboys, there were some stories out there about Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. And, I mean, maybe they should have just fired the guy. Maybe they should have actually just cut ties with the guy. Because Supposedly some of the players didn't like the favoritism. Nick Sirianni spoke at the Combine. I saw Mike McDaniel speak at the Combine. I saw Raheem Morris, some other people. Let's see. Eagles veteran said Nick Sirianni played favorites as Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown were treated different. Why would he play favorites with those two? Because a quarterback receiver? Maybe they're his kids' favorite players. <laughs> I don't know why you play favorites as a head coach in the NFL with, with anybody on the team. They're all important. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni backed Jalen Hurts, and he spoke at the combine. I think Jalen Hurts is whack. I think his game is whack. I don't think he's as good as they paid him to be. We'll see what transpires with that. Speaking of not being as good as they pay him to be, the Cowboys are going to default into paying Dak Prescott big money. <laughs> and and the Cowboys have to pretend that they love Dak. Stephen Jones said he absolutely wants to get a contract extension done with Dak. Idiots, 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 idiots. You, you have to do it. And I'm not saying not to do it. I'm not saying they're idiots because they have to pay this man $60 million. I'm saying they're idiots because they could have locked him up for the low. They declined to pick up his rookie option. They franchise tagged him. They made him this short little bridge deal, and it's already up. Just dumb. Just absolutely dumb. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys are never going to win anything. Because they, they think Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones can, can serve as like five different positions when you actually need to go hire guys. So, oh, yes, absolutely. Our whole thing with Dak is him being a Cowboy that's all that's on our mind. You sure? You sure that's all that's on your mind? Because Jerry Jones came out there to say, yeah, we'll, I said we'll go as far as Dak will take us, and that's as far as we went. Not very far. As soon as Dak threw that uh, second pick, it was a wrap. And it's like, there's the Dak that we didn't want to see. MVP season, but he refer reverted back to the Dak Prescott that led the league at interceptions the year before and missed like four games. What else did I not hit on in my notes? Pretty much everything, folks. We're coming down to our last three or four minutes here. We talked Knicks and Nets. We talked about how the Knicks could be missing four or five guys, starters. Doesn't matter. Their backups are going to go out there and play tough. But the Nets, they miss Ben Simmons. <laughs> they can't get it going. They miss Cam Thomas with injury. They can't get it going. But the Knicks now will not play a game until Sunday. They've got a nice little break here for Jalen Brunson to get right. The Nets play tomorrow. And they've got this home-and-home um, -home series where they'll play in Atlanta tomorrow at 7.30. Then they'll play Saturday in Brooklyn against Atlanta. Monday, they'll play in Brooklyn. That's going to be an interesting home stretch. I'll be there. So they will play 
actually tomorrow in Brooklyn against Atlanta. And then they'll play Atlanta again Saturday in Brooklyn. They, uh, they got to find a way to beat them. Then they get the Grizzlies at home. Come on. This is the time to build some kind of morale. You just beat the Grizzlies in Memphis. Beat the Grizzlies Monday. And then I'm going to that game against the 76ers on Tuesday. They can beat the 76ers. Get a little bit of a win streak going. Get some kind of morale going. Because right now is just a miserable time to be a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. The little bit of good times that the Nets just had absolutely disappeared. So we talked Knicks, Nets to open the show. Both teams lost on the second half of a back-to-back today. Then, of course, we leaned into spring training and things coming out of Yankee spring training. Oh, they've got so much talent. They've got so many dogs, so many guys, so many hitters. The offense is fixed. And you got to see Clark Schmidt today. And shout out to Clark Schmidt for not buying into any of the talk about Blake Snell and, oh, we need another guy. And Clark Schmidt knows he's low man on the totem pole. He knows that he would be the guy bumped out of the five-man rotation. But they say he's using blind confidence to block it out. So we talked a little bit about the Yankees spring training, and it's just spring training. We talked about some of the young guys in the Mets spring training and G-Man Choi trying to break through. And Of course, I sprinkled in the McCole Hardman stuff from the Jets. Well, from the Chargers, or from the Chiefs. Not the Chargers, from the Chiefs. But he had plenty to say about the Jets. Of course, everybody's just piling on the Jets. And the Jets are like, no, this is fine. We're going to run it right back. And we talked about the Giants. I played the call from the Giants fan that called into the Giants show at the Combine to say, what do you see in Daniel Jones? And, of course, Shane um, defended him. I guess he's got to kind of do that. And we talked about Blake Snell and how I feel like Scott Boris is just beat now because that original offer is off the table and they're going to try and fight to get more. And they're going to do everything. Yankees for clicks. uh, Have John Heyman write up an article. Hey, ask. Ask Juan Soto how he feels about Blake Snell while you're down there, John. And ultimately, that doesn't do anything. So, that's all I've got. C-Mac is coming up next. He will take you from 2 to 5. And then, like I said last night, we'll do this whole thing all over again. And then I've got a 5-hour KM to AM, 7 PM to 12, where I will try to probably line up some guests to help me with that. And uh, we'll keep it rolling on the fan. <laughs> I'm seeing some of the tweets now at Keith underscore McPherson. Alex said that Evan Roberts should have been Casamigo's big shot of the night for dunking on the Knicks after losing uh, back-to-back with, without Brunson. Losing the second half of a back-to-back without Brunson. Yeah, you know Evan Roberts, independent basketball observer. Just going to the garden to watch the Knicks lose while the Nets get blown out in Orlando. It's fine. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. All right, I got to go home. I got to try and sleep because the baby gets up at 7 and construction starts at 8. And, yeah, that's just how my life goes. Thanks for listening to the show. C-Max coming up next. Call him. I'm out of here. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.